Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. And we are back with another episode of Minor Wisdom. Uh, the school year ends starting this week, at least in my district, we're done. We graduate on Thursday. That means we get to look forward to summertime. Don't forget, there are a bunch of camps that you need to be pushing to your kids. Here in Fort Bend ISD, we've got a week-long six-day summer camp. We've got Ezekiel Morgan here, Kathy Hoover. We've got uh, Amy Warnig. Mike Doggett, got some classy people here to direct you, er, kids, your kids, uh, and it should be a fun time. Got some experience uh, coming here for Fort Bend. We've also got the leadership conferences coming up with the thespians, got one in June, and then we've got three in August. You heard me and Mandy last week, excuse me, you heard Mandy and me? No, I don't know, man. Again, English is not my first language. But this week I've got Bob Singleton. He was my theater director, my mentor, the man that pretty much made me who I am today, which could be something that you might be like, oh, what a horrible person. But he is not. And you will hear this conversation that I have with him. We talk about a lot of things. The man has stayed very sharp with theater. He has stayed very sharp uh, with just being an active adjudicator, an active judge with the Tommy Tunes, all that good stuff. I really hope you enjoy the conversation I have with him. I had a smile on my face the entire time. Here's your groaner joke. This week's groaner joke, I thought I'd try a little something different. It's the end of the year. So I thought I'd throw a couple of, you might be a school teacher's if. This one is, you might be a school teacher if. You want to slap the next person who says, must be nice to work from 8 to 3 and have your summers free. Once again this week, Mr. Bob Singleton, enjoy this conversation we had at a Salata. My earliest memories of being on a stage happened to be in San Antonio, Texas at St. Teresa's Academy. Uh, that was an old, an old building, and it was actually basically a girls' high school. But they added lower grades that were mixed. And so I started kindergarten. I was kinder first and second grade uh, at St. Teresa's Academy. But every year, we did something on that stage that they had. And their stage was right above the chapel. And it actually was a, now I know, that it was a real old theater. Right. Yeah. It had cut drops that with, uh, with uh, netting, and I got to play among those things. But I remember my very first time on that stage, well, the very first time was kindergarten, and I was graduating from kindergarten. And I had a little white robe. I was excited about that. That was something real special. But I had 101 degrees of, <laughs> of temperature on the day of. But I insisted that I had yeah. to be there. I could not not go. And so I, th there was something inside of me that kept thinking, I want to fix this. I, I, I needed to be feeling better about this. Well, a year later, first grade, I'm on that same stage again for a class project, class play, and I'm playing an Indian, an American Indian, with a costume from the Five and Dime store <laughs> uh, that was basically brown pajama bottoms and a little top uh, with fringe on it and headband with a feather on it and we had uh, one prop, a little rubber hatchet and we were to do hatchet in one hand and with the other hand and in a circle 
And as I'm doing on stage and so excited getting this done right, my drawstring in the pants came undone and my pants started to go down. And I had to take one hand to hold up the pants, but I couldn't tell which hand, either the hatchet, the hatchet <laughs> or the And I remember feeling miserable that there was that that had happened and I feel in, inside of me that the rest of my life has been trying to get that straightened out <laughs> and that that's why I went into theater well I don't know uh, I can continued uh, in school in the canal zone and thank heaven those nuns also did uh, plays uh, little class plays in, at each grade level, and I can't remember the many things that yeah. I did. I, I remember being the mayor of a little town in France where the Virgin Mary had appeared. Right. Uh, but the one that was a culminating experience for me was my eighth grade here, when the nuns announced what the play was and who was being cast. Bob Singleton and Carol, uh, whose last name I can't remember, Carol and I were both angels. And I was not happy as a male that was by that time sexually active. And so I was kind of like, what? A angel? No way this male boy was going to play an angel. But the nuns insisted because Carol was tall and I was tall and we were about the same height and that's why I had to be the angel. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to get even on this one. I'm going to fix this. Right. So I went home. My mother always made costumes. Uh, and I said, mother, I have to be an angel. But I don't want to be just any regular old angel. I'm going to be an archangel. <laughs> And mother said, well, what's the difference? And I said, oh, you know, li little people who do little angels, they have wings that go up and then they point down. But I want my wings to go up and stay up yeah. and just go way up high. And my mother said, well, how do you intend to get that done? And I said, oh, we'll, we will buy crepe paper, cut it on the bias, and glue it to wires, and we'll make individual feathers. And we actually constructed these <laughs> wonderful uh, feathered wings for Carol and me, and we wore them oh, so proudly. So she was also... Uh... Oh, she was the... Oh, yes. <laughs> because the mothers had to do the right. costumes, I said, Mother, we're going to make these together because right. Carol and I have to look good. That's funny. And so that's how I got to... Uh, that's where the, that bug bit. Yeah. It, it wasn't until uh, I was in high school as a freshman that, uh, God, I, as a freshman boy, uh, having come from St. Mary's uh, School, Catholic school, yeah. it was, uh, there was a, and it was a huge high school, yeah. lots and lots of kids. I felt miserable. <laughs> Uh, I tended to walk along the edges of halls rather than down the center of the hall right. because I was trying to hide. And a girl that had been in my eighth grade class, she said to me, Bob, there's a play auditioning today after school. I went, oh, God, no, I can't possibly go audition. She says, oh, no, I want you to take me there. And she took me by the hand and she took me into the audition process and I sat at the back. But the uh, theater teacher saw me back there and he handed me a piece of paper and, and yeah. I, I said I could you know, do some costuming and things of that sort. So I actually became involved with the first play doing backstage work. But thank heaven Carol had had taken me there because I don't think I would have ever gone yeah. if she hadn't taken me by the hand. And that's where I got to yeah. started working, started acting, got lead roles, 
uh, and that was always exciting. Yeah, yeah when high school yeah. directors see a boy in yeah, an audition, exactly. they, <laughs> they don't let them leave. Yeah, and uh, in giving me roles that were, you know, that were yeah. good, good roles, yeah. Made you happy. Yeah, they weren't, yeah. you know, lead roles, but they were major roles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what about, so in education, you started before HSPVA. Uh, oh, gosh, yes. Uh, okay. I, I went to, well, I did three years of going to Germany to study music. Okay. Because I had a scholarship. Right. And that got me out of the house. Yeah. Uh, that was at age 17, 19, 18, 18. Okay. Uh, I was off to Germany, uh, which was wonderful experience for me, that living in a new country, in a new uh, environment, with a bunch of kids that came from a whole bunch of different countries. Um, it was a real growth time for me, although for me personally, uh, it, was, it was very painful because I knew that I was, that I was gay, but I did not know anybody else, right. at least not in Germany there. And so that was a uh, was strange, but the school was small and tight community. Right. So, um, but then I went off to UT. When I graduated from Germany, I went to UT to finish my uh, degree. Right. Uh, and so I went off uh, to UT, and, um, and it, that was, uh, and I knew that I wanted to teach theater. I had learned in Germany that music education was exciting for right. me. So theater education was a, was very obvious. Yeah. And so yeah, so I ended up at UT. Now how did I uh, <laughs> my my one act play contest stuff? First year, I taught in a school that had not done any theater ever. <laughs> but I said, no, we're going to do a yeah. play. We're going to get it going. We're going to enter the one act play contest. And I remember we had no money, we had nothing, no, there were no costumes, nothing at all. And I said, we're going to do as you like it. And I was going to cut it down. And I had the strangest conglomeration of kids. Yeah. Uh, and I remember we had to make, we needed for the Duke uh, something that looked regal. And we had a curtain that somebody had donated to us, green curtain uh, with wonderful, very renaissance patterns on it. Um, but it was rotten. It, was, it would rip if you picked it up. And I thought, oh gosh, this would be great if it only had body. Right. And then I remember thinking, oh yeah, some cheap muslin. And I bought a bunch of cheap muslin and we took uh, glue, white glue, and laid it out on that yeah. muslin, and we laid that big old curtain down on top of that, pressed it in to give it some support, yeah. <clears throat> and we made a most amazing cape out of that <laughs> that had body. Uh, one of the boys that played uh, the, the clown in the show, he showed up one day, he was, a, he was six foot six probably, uh, and he showed up from the gym wearing his gym shorts on his head. And he had these big red gym shorts that he had wrapped around his head like a turban. And I said, hey, that's your costume. That's what you, you yeah. know, I can't wear my gym shorts. And I said, oh, yes, yeah. you can. Of course you can. <laughs> and so we entered that, that play in our contest. And we came in second place out of the district. Uh, that was at a time when only one play would advance. Right. So consequently, we did not get to advance, but I felt so excited that we had gotten, that we came in second yeah. place. It was in the following years that then shows would advance, uh, more than Multi one show, yeah. Yeah, multiple yeah. shows would advance. And then the following year, I, I went to Anderson High School, and there we, we did one act play contest for three years, and every, in all three years, we advanced to state. Wow. Uh, which was a, a surprise right. 
it, it was one of those things, Scott. It was scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I was sort of hoping inside, let's put this thing to bed yeah, and rest down. so that we go on <clears throat> and do other things. But anyway, that was, uh, and then I left uh, that school to uh, go to uh, HSPBA. Yeah. Uh, Ruth Denny had gotten to know me at UT because after she left HSPBA, she was the teacher doing theater education at UT, and she was send, sending student teachers to me. So she got to know me by seeing my program and because of the student teachers. Sure. And that's when she said to me one day, Bob, there's a job waiting for you in Houston. <laughs> And I said, well, Ruth, I'm, I've, I'm doing well. I've got a program that's growing. This is great. I'm settled in Austin. And she <coughs> shook her finger in my face, and she said, you're too young to think about retiring yeah. in Austin. Uh, you need to go. And she was a, it was a difficult person to say no to, yeah. but so I agreed that I would go visit and see the school. Um, Norma Louder was the principal at that time. So I called up Norma, and I had I was doing summer theater workshop at the time, and so I, I didn't have much free time at all to drive to Houston. And Norma said, well, her free time, she had no free time either, except Sunday morning, she might be able to get off. Yeah. And I found out later that she was the organist at her church. <laughs> and she actually hired somebody so that she could come in and, and visit and with you. me on that wow. Sunday morning. And when she met me, I had questions. I had a bunch of questions. And she said, thank you for taking the job. I was, what? No. I said, she said, oh, yes, Ruth said, if Ruth has recommended you, you've got the job. And I thought, damn it, how, how do I deal with this, you know? Do I just tell her, no, I don't want the job? So anyway, I showed up, and uh, that's when I found out that, yes, all the other departments were running beautifully, except theater. Right. Theater was in trouble. Right. And uh, so I, I had been hired to fix it. Right. And, and you did. Well, I did, <laughs> yes. Uh, but it meant that the seniors that year were really upset yeah. with me because I insisted that they show up in class. Right. Yeah. And, different, uh, different time. Yeah, it was a different time. Uh, but the beauty is that every single, one, every single one of those that I'm in contact with they are now close friends of mine. Yeah. Uh, because they said, oh, no, you know, we, we wish that we had listened to you from the beginning. Right. But we realized later that what you were doing was right. Right. But anyway, that was, uh, wow. that is a, uh, an encapsulated yeah. version of my but you, story. But you retired in 2008? Am I, that's, no, that's gosh, not right. Uh, it's earlier than uh, 2004. Oh, 2004. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I just, for some reason, I felt like it was right after I got out of college, but, uh, uh, but that's I didn't, but that I think it was 2000. You would know better than I would, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 2004. Okay. Yeah. It, it was an interesting thing about that retirement because we had, uh, I probably would have stayed. I right. probably would have been a Pat Bonner uh, yeah, to yeah. stay for just multiple years. Uh However, a, a math teacher had been running around about five years earlier, had been running around the school uh, because they, the district was offering something, a deferred retirement option. Right. And basically, what it was is that you simply said that you would retire in one, two, three, four, or five years. Five was the maximum. And that what happened was that you would continue to get your uh, salary. Right. There was no change, except that the district would take what normally would be your retirement, and they would keep a portion of it, and then they would invest a portion for you. And um, 
the portion that was being invested was getting 6% guaranteed. And that's when this uh, math teacher was running around saying, this is brilliant, yeah. there's nobody, this is great. If you don't take it, and you didn't have to retire at the end of the period. Right. That, was that, that was the beauty. You could continue working. Right. Well, anyway, the, uh, I did it. I said, okay, yeah, I'll sign up for five years. And, uh, <laughs> and at the end of that fifth year was, we had a principal at that time at PVA that was really troublesome. Yeah. And, uh, and it just kind of hit me, by golly, I've got uh, this option. I right. can retire. I don't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, and so I, I did. I took the retirement. The beauty was that when I retired, I received $200,000 that I had accumulated right. from that deferred yeah. retirement. And so that was a wonderful nest egg. Right, right. And so I thought, yo, retirement's going to be easy from right. here on out. So. <laughs> and I stay involved with the, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. highly involved. Yeah, so. you're, you're adjudicating Tommy Tunes. Yeah, doing uh, Tommy Tunes, UIL, judge. UIL yeah. judging, yeah. Uh, doing some amount of uh, clinic work. Okay. I hope to do more of that. And, uh, and I've got ideas yeah. about uh, something that perhaps won't be a clinic working in the, with a particular play or a particular cast, but actually doing voice and diction uh, work to assist that play production right. class. So speaking of voice and diction, because you know even the, the, the former students of yours that I still keep in touch with, which is probably more than most, but um, you are very passionate about voice and diction and the LESAC and, and all that oh, yeah, training. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why? Yeah. Why what, what fueled that passion? It's a good question. It's a good question. I, I'm not really sure where that came from other than when I took voice and diction at UT, I was excited about being something new yeah. uh, and learning as much about theater as possible. But the teacher that we had, it was, we did some relaxation and stuff. There seemed to be no pattern, no structure. Um, I, I didn't see that there was any growth right. on, on my part. And so the, I had, the entire time that I was at UT, um, the voice and diction classes were weak. Right. Um, and I didn't see their value right. at the time. It wasn't until I read the Arthur Lessig book, uh, Use and Training of the Human Voice, that I went, whoa, there is a structure and a pattern, and I see its value. Um, more than anything else, the, the brilliance of that thing was, in addition to the relaxation, the breathing, the call exercise right. of how to strengthen that voice, uh, before microphones, right. people had to be able to be heard in the marketplace. Sure. And that was important. That made sense to me. That you have, As an actor, you have to call in a way that the audience will hear it, yeah. all, all the way to the, the rafters of the theater. But it was the consonant work of when he uses the instruments of yeah. the orchestra and having just come with that music education background and having studied orchestral instruments, it made sense to me right. that this was an excellent way to make sure that the consonant work was clear, which is also the meaning of yeah. the words. And so, and in fact, that's actually my, my new little plan, and I, I need to work on this. Um, I have done a creek. I have done uh, clinic work. Have you d ever done? Uh, I've never been a clinician, but I mean, I. I but you've gone clinics. to oh, clinics, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay? Yeah. And so you understand. It's just basically, you do the show, and then somebody yeah. critiques it, yeah. and that's it. Uh, I would like to actually offer a clinic using the LESAC system, right. but not with a particular play, but. The teacher can do that. Right. They can 
work it in, but my focus would be just working as a somebody that comes in to do that class. I, I just need to make sure that that doesn't hurt my work as a, right. uh, a critic That's, judge. Yeah, sure. Because um, you just can't you can't uh, do schools that you're going to eventually see later on. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. with a particular play. Right, right. So right. I would I would bring in different materials yeah. so that. And um, but I, I want to work that out with the yeah, uh, TETA. The I mean, uh, and not to not to diminish that idea, mm -hmm. but just to uh, I remember, I mean, we spent four years doing LESAC. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So to throw it into a workshop, I mean, sure it'd be a good introduction, but uh, I mean, you really, not to sound negative, but you beat us over the head with that stuff, which oh, is yeah. which yeah. in 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 hindsight, of course. If you're going on into theater or in any public speaking uh, venue, it becomes extremely valuable. So I know yeah, it, exactly. it, there there have been times when somebody has met me and asked me where I'm from, and I say Texas, <laughs> and I don't say Texas, yeah, uh, and they say, well, you don't have an accent. And I, without boring them to death, I say, well, <laughs> I went to this school where I had to learn how to speak. Yeah just kind of neutral i mean it, yeah. because it kind of teaches you how to speak just kind of a neutral yeah, base exactly, um, yeah. without sounding associated with any uh specific region i guess you could say so but that stuff was invaluable but i like the idea of doing that i, I think the teacher yeah. has to really buy into it well, and that's the that's the key thing that i i think the word is passion yeah uh and at PBA, that that was a regular class. It, right. it, it came every single day, and consequently, there was a the structure there was based upon how do we develop a grade, because right. every class had to have a the students had to develop get a grade yeah. that was reported. This wouldn't be, you right. know, a right. grade sure. to re report. This would be entirely how to experience this. And with a passion yeah. and excite the excitement of what happens when you can do these yeah. in a compressed period of time yeah. as opposed to uh, a semester. I, I very vividly remember, because as a freshman it was very famous under your uh, tenure there, mm -hmm. that you had to memorize, I think it was something like 15 of the instruments. And kids, like that was the first, that was our first PVA experience was, yeah, yeah, oh doing my gosh, those, uh, you know, yeah, and we've yeah. got two days to do, or, you know, some, some yeah. short amount of time. Now, it, again, now it's not that crazy, but uh, I remember that very vividly being, you know, the sophomores being like, oh, good luck with that, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was, that was an experience. Um, the thing about PVA and what I've learned, uh, and I could talk about HSPVA forever, but. I've learned as an educator is that other schools are not HSPVA. Oh, they're not. So what yeah. I had to do when I first started in education, I, the only thing I knew was HSPVA. Uh, so you know, no no offense to University of mm -hmm. Houston, but uh, the the style in which you taught, in which Susie taught, and Stephen Wolf taught me, I could not translate to my own classroom because those kids lacked, like you just said, the passion. They didn't have the drive. Yeah, so yeah. I, I realized very quickly, more than half these kids don't want to be in my classroom right now. Uh, and that yeah. wasn't the case at HSPVA. You know, everybody, at least to an extent, wanted to be there. And I know some kids got kind of, uh, you know, they, they, they left the school because sure, they, they yeah. lost they the passion or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it was a very quick education on the fact that HSPVA is a, an extremely unique <laughs> uh, environment and that yeah. can't be translated very well into public school really, even though it is a public school. But, um, sure, but that was and, a, yeah. and in, in, in the same way, because in your, in, for the school, you've got to produce a grade for yeah. the, that yeah. student. Yeah. And um, uh, that's, that's the painful part to me. What is, what is a show that you did not do at HSPVA that you wish you had done? Oh, you mean directing? Yes. Yeah. Or, or even being a part of something. Oh, because I remember, you know, we, I would be in shows that yeah. uh, Stephen would direct and you would kind of help with the costume or the scenery. Yes, uh, yes. That's or just right. be yeah. a part of yeah. somehow. 
God, you know, there is none that 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 where I feel, oh, I wished I had yeah. had that opportunity. Uh, you know, one of, as you well know, one of my big things now is with Joe and I is that we go to see as Everything. much theater yeah. as we possibly can. Yeah. Sometimes to the point that it's it's almost painful <laughs> because we we have to we have to find ways. Right. to move things around so that we can see more. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you meant painful because the shows are not necessarily all very good. Uh, but no, you, they you, generally <laughs> are. And, yeah. and that you is, do see some good quality stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if you, if, you, uh, if you check what I do right. Um, some people apparently do it a lot. Yes. I mean, they, they, they watch to see what I, and they comment. I see what you post, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you notice that I say, I never say anything negative, right. uh, my feeling there is that these theaters are working hard and sometimes the shows are not that successful. But if they are successful, I will sing that praise. Right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but I stay away from saying negative things. So I avoid that because I, you can't grow on that. Right. But you can grow on the other. And the other thing, too, is that um, those theaters depend upon people buying tickets. Right. And so Lively consequently, enough. that's yeah. my way of saying, I can't, I can't pay you anymore for that ticket. Not like cat catastrophic. That, uh, <laughs> I love the idea that pay what you can. Right. Uh, it's a wonderful idea. But then they use that dip jar yeah. that they come out, you know, give us a tip, you know, use it, just dip once. Right. And that's a $20. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, the other day I was looking at my, uh, at my, uh, my credit card bill and I had five $20 entries. Now I couldn't tell where, where it had come from. And Joe looked at it and said, did you use the dip jar? <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. I mean, it's good enough that I can I buy the season right. tickets, but I right. can't do the dip jar. Um, so I have yet to discover that. Right. That's one of the things I have to do today, is, or tomorrow on Monday, is to call around and see what that, happened with these from? $20, $20 <laughs> one right after the other. Right. What's... Uh, is there a show that you uh, have seen up to this point uh, that you would like to, that, that you would ever like to mount, that you would ever like to direct? Because uh, you've seen a lot of new, a lot of new artists. Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to, this is, a, this is a, an inner secret, but I'll make it public. Um, one of the reasons that I post on uh, Facebook with a picture of the sure. show and, and my little uh, blurb is that I, my memory is not as good as it used to be. Says the guy who just talked about kindergarten and... Well, <laughs> but that's, you know, somehow that is there. That's but, still there, yeah. But the sort yeah. of current, yeah. and I'll go, God, what show did we see yesterday? Right. Oh, what is it? And I'll tell you, you know, and Joe is great about remembering yeah. things. And so he, he's a wonderful support in that respect. But that's part of the reason yeah. that I do that because now I can look at my uh, that uh, Facebook page yeah. and see what I've got, uh, and so that's you know I uh, in fact I'm seeing a neurologist because I I worry about the potential of the memory loss right. and things like that. Uh, he assures me that I'm okay yeah. that for for my age this seems yeah. normal, but. Uh, it's worrisome. Yeah, it's sure. worrisome. Uh, yeah, you you've always been kind of deemed the walking encyclopedia of theater. <laughs> so uh, yes, there was know. a time when uh, when all of that was right yeah. there. At yeah, my I went from having you to Dr. Berger to Sidney Berger, who was you know oh the walking my. encyclopedia of Shakespeare uh, at least. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I was spoiled, but yeah, uh, yeah there was always you know it could be. 
I remember Susie, even non-theater related items with Susie Phillips Jennings, yeah. uh, she would say, go ask Bob, go ask Bob. <laughs> yeah. You know, it could be, it could be, what's, what's the forecast for tomorrow? They, you know, yeah, something you very, yeah. very simple <laughs> like that. But uh, um, she treated you like the dad that would know, you know, just, just go ask your father. Yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, and that was always very fun. But yeah. um, so, and speaking about memory, you know, as a father of two, my memory was shot the minute my first was born. You know, like it just—it's just something that you have, like dad memory. It's, it's yeah. just one of those things. The short-term memory just kind of like—I don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, uh, it's—it is one of those things that does kind of concern folks that have had such a strong kind of uh, mental stature, I guess, yeah. if you will. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I must. And this is uh, this is something that happened to me at the, that uh, recent uh, judging. As you know, with this business of uh, having a panel in right. it, that contest manager wants to get that that listing right quick. And I have developed a system where I can get that done within two three minutes of sure. having the, the shows in. I've got already a listing in order. However, then there is the rest of the paperwork. Right. And there's paperwork galore, and you have to fill out this form and that form. And in the process, it's, you know, shuffle paper here and there. Well, I got all my stuff together to go talk to the, uh, and I selected the show that, I, that was sure. the one to critique. And when I got to that, I looked through my paperwork and my notes, my personal notes, I didn't have it. And so I said, hold on a second, let me go back to the office to see nothing, it, everything right. was cleared uh, there. And I had to go back and said, I'm going to have to give you those notes on the basis of my memory. Right. And so we did, I did the best I could and I encouraged them ask questions yeah uh, because like jog it, some, yeah, yeah it would jog yeah. me memory yeah. and things of it uh, however they tend to, I've noticed this although I often say I don't mind your asking for me to clarify something right. or, or to ask a question uh, because I will answer it if I can and if I can't I'll tell you mm -hmm. um, and they were not asking me questions about their show they of course, they were hurting that they right. didn't advance. Yeah. Uh, so it was awkward. Yeah. It was awkward because I didn't have these things in, in my hand for me to read and give them right. uh, the notes. It just they came out of my memory. Right. You know, what were the strong points? And that felt really awkward. Right. I mean, super. It's the first time ever that that had happened. Yeah. So, you know, and part of it, my question is, how did I lose that? How, in, in, in that chaos of that moment, how did that happen so that I can avoid it in the future? That's the, that's the type of memory issues right. that, that worry me. Right. Yeah. What's, uh, so I, one of the things that this podcast has brought up a lot, and a lot of people, well, I say a lot, you know, it's been a handful of people that have mentioned it to me about theater as a competition. <laughs> uh, you... I remember you telling us because we hosted so much at HSBA. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was my experience with one act play. That was the extent of it until I became yeah. a director and, and I'm teacher. Glad, yeah. And I'm glad that we did it because yeah. I think you were able to jump right yeah, into it. Yes. So and and now I I love hosting too, right? Mm -hmm. So hosting is one of my favorite things to do, yeah. uh, and I think that has to do 100% with with doing that at PBA for four years. But um, it didn't. Um, I, I remember you saying to us, I forget who asked, it may have been me, I don't remember, why don't we compete? You said, well, sure. we don't because if we win, we're supposed to, we're, agent, we're, we're supposed to be the best, and if we lose, well, we're supposed to be the best. Yes, yeah, right, uh, what's wrong with the program? Right, so, uh, and that's why we never competed, whereas now you have like a Carnegie Vanguard, uh, Stuart Savage over there, and uh, which is a similar style school as HPVA as far mm -hmm. as size and, and all that. Um, and they've made it to state something like five out of the last six years or something yes, to exactly. that effect. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they, they uh, are amazing. So, but they're not a, necessarily a fine arts performing arts school. 
so that's one little difference. But uh, uh, what is what is your kind of because you did the public school thing for so long, or for or, or the not, not the public school thing, but the uh, the Anderson High School. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, Anderson and you were successful and, there. That's right. And Travis before yeah. Anderson. And yeah. And so then, so you do those in Austin. You're you know you're you're uh -huh. successful there. And then you come to HSPVA where it's just cold turkey. You don't compete. How <laughs> <laughs> um, how did that kind of change you as kind of a director and view of competition as in the arts and theater? Well, oh, that's a good question. There, uh, the uh, I have to pop in that uh, Ruth Denny, uh, in addition to her pushing me to go to PPA said to me, you won't have to do one act play contest. <laughs> yeah. So immediately I could tell there that she didn't like having to do one act play contest. Right. Um, it always comes in, the, in an awkward time of the year. It's, uh, there's a lot of other things going on. It's difficult, etc. However, I now, I, I, because I got involved with that one I play contest early on as a freshman, uh, sophomore in the, at UT, I got to know some of the founders of that whole concept, yeah. and I began to understand what what the value is in that type of competition. It later hit me that every theater, any theater group, when they do the play. They hope that it's going to be highly successful, that word of mouth will get out, and that audiences will come and buy tickets. That is a competition. And so if you can do a competition, and the, the critical part there is that you get that critique immediately afterwards. Yeah. That is extremely valuable. Uh, I, I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but one learns by trying and by trying to be better than. And that's the key point. You know, how can you be better than unless you are comparing? Right. Yeah. And that's that's, that's good. The, the the comparison is the key part there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't. <laughs> It's a little bit like that, that first grade kid with that costume that was falling apart and my but you know, hatchet in one hand and I could tell that the others were okay. I yeah. wasn't. Uh, that's that's competition. Yeah. You know, and my feeling is that I've been trying to get that fixed the rest of my life. <laughs> It's about competition. Yeah. It is about competition. Yeah, we're human. Human com competition or competition yeah. is human nature. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would say that that even that's even so with artists, say visual artists. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of Jackson Pollock. I remember the first time I saw a Jackson Pollock, and I thought, what? He just took and threw paint at canvas, and that's all there is yeah. to it. But I. I watched the thing about him, and there's a lot of thinking and a lot of, as he looks at it, and he has to make a choice, a decision about what's he going to, and, I'm, and there are canvases that he said, no, no good. Yeah. Toss it out and start over. Yeah. So, at least with an artist, there's yeah. a physical thing that ends up. Theater is, you know, disappears after you finish yeah. the performance. Yeah. yeah. As a method to, to even Pollock's madness, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and there's a in thought. It isn't just do it. Yeah. It, there's planning and thought. What do you think you're, where do you think you'd be right now if you had not taken the job? I'd be in, I'd, I'd be probably in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> teaching in Austin, yeah. Do you think you'd still be teaching? Oh, uh, you know, I probably would have stayed at PBA. Okay. Uh, the The work that we did in theater was always satisfying right. to me. 
the, the painful stuff was things that the district would insist sure. we had to do. And then the, how the, the uh, principal uh, enforced that. Right. And uh, that, I don't want to mention names, so, yeah, but yeah. I think if people can know. Um, yeah. What, so uh, something I don't think I've ever asked you, what was your selection process like? How did you choose a season? Yeah, well, just oh, the, full, season. the full season. Because, oh, yeah. you, you know, I can name off the seasons that you that I was there for. Yeah. Uh, but what did what did you do to, well, to choose? Well, you know, that's a good question because I really allowed it to be the, the individual directors. Directors, right. Um, and that we would then... Did you have a theme? Did you try to have a theme at all? No, okay. not in advance. Right. Uh, do you remember the uh, showcases? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was okay. in Jacques Brel's Alive and Well. Living yeah, in that's Paris. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, what you, you what you didn't see happening in the background yeah. was that each director at the toward the end of the year would say, "Oh, I'd like to do such and such yeah. for the next year," and so that's how we would come up with our season. But for the showcases, I had a hard time. Uh, and the showcases weren't a particular play. Right. It could be something else. And I often said to my colleagues, select a show, select a show. Right. I, and you cast your shows, and I will take who doesn't have a show. Oh, good, thanks. And, <laughs> and I would yours. find, and I would make, and yeah. I would make it work. Yeah. I would look at the individuals and see what could they do that would show them off, mm -hmm. rather than my trying to push push them into a, a. And most of the ones that I did, it was just a matter of okay, what can we do? Jacques Brel was great because yeah. I loved the songs, I loved that piece, and it was a matter of who can sing yeah. them. Which what did you get to sing? Oh, you I don't remember exactly remember what I sang, but. Uh, I don't remember off the yeah, top of my head. Yeah, some of them were solos, some of them were not. Yeah, I had uh, a couple of, so, I mean, I had solo parts. parts I don't know if I had it. an entire I solo see, song. And yeah. that was the other yeah. thing, too. You could break it down yeah. into doing a small piece. Yeah. That The idea is to be as memorable in that moment yeah. as possible. My students are fascinated now because I tell them I've never, ever been in a straight play. I've only ever been in musicals, even Whoa. at PVA. Yeah. So PVA was only ever in a musical. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, I, I've, to this day, I've never been in a straight play. I've been in like improv, uh, improvised e even plays. Even uh, in college? Even in college, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Um, so well, it's because you have a voice. I have, well, yeah, I've always had the, the deeper resonance. So yeah, I think yeah. that, that was valuable, especially when you're 14, 15 years old. Of sure, course, that's, exactly, that's valuable. Yeah. Uh, but I remember very well. Something's afoot. We did something's afoot. Yes, that's right. With uh, my Stephen, senior year, yeah. yeah, Stephen Wolf did did that, and I remember seeing on his and and I again this all. It's funny how all this stuff adds up over time. But even now today, when I'm casting a show, I keep my notes kind of oh, yes. hidden a little <laughs> yeah. bit, right? And because when I was auditioning, I saw on his notes he had written out names as you do, and he had circled Josh Casper for the role that I ultimately got. And I asked him later, yeah. either during the show process or after, or that it was that year, but I asked him later, so why, why did, I saw that you had Josh circled. You, you chose Josh for this part. Why'd you end up choosing me? He goes, you can grow facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always remembered that for the rest of my life. Here I am sitting with a handlebar mustache that you know, I just did it for yeah. for for, a re, for my own purpose, and I'll grow hair back, but it'll come back like yeah. that. You know? And so every time I think about that, I, I uh, it just makes me laugh thinking about I got a part. I would like to think it was partially because of talent, but for sure because I had the ability to grow facial hair as a 17-year-old kid. Uh, well, was, I'm sure it was that was that was probably the. The trigger oh, yeah. thing, yeah. but it was everything else that yeah. you brought yeah. to it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Uh, the, the thing is, yeah.
Yeah, so that every, was every so often you get that moment that it's it's a little bit like way back when I mentioned that the, the, the fellow that played Jaquez uh, or uh, no, Touchstone, Touchstone, he played Touchstone in As You Like It. Uh, when he walked in wearing that red yeah, gym the, shorts yeah. on his head, I, I don't, you know, it's when I saw that and I went, yes. Yeah. yeah. There was something about that kind of like, I'm good. And I thought, that's the character. Right. Um, you know? So I want to ask a couple more things, but and, sure. and you don't have to say names for these two questions. They're sure. kind of one and the same sure. question. Yeah. But uh -huh. was there a student that you thought the world of, thought highly of, thought was going to be highly successful, uh -huh. and wasn't? And then the opposite. Was there a kid that you thought, you know, good luck yeah. to them, and then they ended up just knocking it out of the park? And again, you don't have to say names, but sure, I understand. Yeah, unless you're no, still in contact and with I them. don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's that's a that's a good question. Uh, each I've always approached each student as a unique and total complete person unto right. themselves, um, and each one was different. So that there was never any type of um, I don't know. Are you thinking this hard because I'm the person that you? No, no, <laughs> no, no. And you may not I, have one. I mean, the, the, I, no. That's also, I'm sure that there that yeah. there is some there, yeah. but, but because I know I know there were disappointing. You know, there I could name some from my own class that you're like, yeah. man, I really wish. And and again, I keep saying this, but it's true. But as as now on the other side of the fence as a teacher, I understand what that kid was like as a student back then. If I think back when I was 14 or 15 years old, and there's a kid like a Chris Villarreal who at that time we thought the world of he was this funny kid and hilarious but probably got messed up into some wrong things at a very young age and ended up leaving HSPBA sure, yeah, and you think yeah. oh my gosh this kid's amazing and then now I don't know where he is now yeah. um, now we did have a bunch of students over time that did leave yeah, PBA yeah. Uh, for a variety of reasons um, and I, I really don't know a thing about what happened thereafter right. uh, sure. with any of them. Uh, and there have been no surprises in terms of those that have been successful right. in, in their own way and in their own way. Right. Uh, but but I, I do get moments like, I, uh, I don't know, have you seen any of the uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Uh, yeah. My wife watches it and I've been told I have to watch it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I got involved with yeah. it uh, and I sort of watched the series, uh, the very first one. Sure. I think there's a second season yes. now. And it was on the very final episode of that first season that all of a sudden uh, she goes up to a house, rings the doorbell, the doorbell opens and the uh, this is a butler, a very butler, uh, that steps out and instantly I went, I said, it's Stephen Houck. <laughs> this is a kid that I taught in Anderson High right. School way back in Austin. And I knew that he had gone off to New York and uh, was you know, doing theater, yeah. um, not, not famous, but all of a sudden to see his face and he's very, he's tall and thin and has a very strong bone uh, structure. Mm -hmm. So it was very clear that yeah. that's who it was. And that was a, that was a, a, an unbelievable moment of right. joy for me. Uh, two things, one, that he had that role, and secondly, that I remembered his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do get other moments, uh, I, I, Painful moments. Uh, we had a kid in the summer uh, in a, in one of our showcases at, at uh, yeah. UT at um, PBA. Uh, Rick Bentley was directing uh, something called Bottom Stream. It was sort of a cut down version of uh, Bottom in, in 
Midsummer. Midsummer, right. Um, and he was playing uh, Bottom. And this kid was the cutest kid you've ever seen. <laughs> he was smallish, long hair that was wonderfully wavy and stuff, and dense as could be. <laughs> this poor kid just, I mean, he'd sit and listen to something, right. and then you'd ask him a question, and you'd realize that he was somewhere else. Right. He looked like he was involved. But anyway, he, uh, Rick Bentley, the director, came to me and said, Bob, he doesn't know his words. He just doesn't know that I'm going to be backstage and prompt. And I said, no, Rick, don't. Don't do that. Uh, we have that. We, we said that we will never yeah. call. And, but Rick said, I, there's just no way that we were able to make it through this thing. I said, I said Rick, you'll need to, you do what you need to do, but I encourage you to not be backstage and so I'm watching the show and the kid comes out he gets about half of the lines yeah. done and all of a sudden that gets that frozen stare on his face and we all know what it is is <laughs> he's gone he yeah. doesn't remember what's the next, next thing and he's sitting there with this frozen thing and I'm sitting in the audience and going oh oh <laughs> I said he will. He will think. He will either remember, or somebody else yeah. will step out and fix yeah. it, and uh, they'll, they'll find a solution. Yeah. And that is their business, right? And pretty soon, I hear from backstage Rick Bentley's voice <laughs> as he whispers the line to him. But the kid is so frozen in his fear that he's not hearing that right. line. Rick eventually makes it louder and by this time the third or fourth times that he's whispering it from backstage the audience is hearing it too right, right. and the giggles begin in the audience because the kid is frozen the line is coming from backstage finally Rick gives it full voice <laughs> so that the kid would hear it and the kid hears it in turns and looks off stage and said, no, that's not it. <laughs> the audience, we all laughed, et cetera. It was, it was funny because it was a painful moment for right. the kid, and it still was for him when he said, no, that's not it. Yeah. Uh, but for us, it was yeah. laughter, and, and we went on, yeah. and we went on. Yeah. But that, uh, that's the only... <laughs> That's the only experience that I ever had at PVA where there was a sense of, of horror, right. um, something terrible do happening. You, do you remember when Carl Kleinschrode got knocked out during Something's Afoot? Do you remember that? And he, and he ended up getting a piece of glass in his leg? I remember there was something the that happened. So there's a sconce that comes down and, and kind of hit. I remember him on that now. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and and he, and it shattered, and he fell on the on some of the glass, and and there was a, literally a doctor in the audience, <laughs> and that came backstage and stitched him up. Wow! But yeah, yeah, that was a that was a fun one too. Stitched him up yeah. right stitched there on stage. Backstage in the in that rehearsal hall, stitched wow. him up. It was Doctor Pate, Doctor David Pate. Di yeah. Oh yeah, Doctor yeah. Pate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, but that that was that's one of those memories that's always ingrained in my and, head as well. And he had uh, he had. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, you know I don't remember exactly how, how he stitched him up, but I mean yeah, he did it back did. there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was like yeah, from we the had plenty shop. of needles in the costume <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, we had to sanitize yes. yeah. So you you never answered what hand yeah. you ended up using to to, to pull okay. your pants up. Yeah, I, I never. I, I could never because I, whenever you know, I, I the problem was which is more important, the yeah. tomahawk or the yeah. and. What do you think now is more important, making the noise, making that human noise, or uh, making sure that they I, see your I, problem? The, the, now, what yeah, is most yeah, important yeah. is having that experience. <laughs> that experience is the one that has yeah. said to me, plan, plan yeah. ahead, um, and be ready to make a choice. Right. 
even right. if I was second guessing myself right. as to which one is the better one. That's a perfect way to end. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah. Minor wisdom.